The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. So for this episode of the Cave Dweller Music Podcast, uh, I've got two guys who are pretty renowned in the Melbourne metal scene. I've got Keen from uh, Burning Bitumen radio show on PBS FM in Melbourne, and I've got Wayne Donovan from about 13 bands, uh, goes to pretty much every show in Melbourne and hosts his own radio show as well, Infernal Noise Radio. Uh, hey, guys, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I appreciate that um, everyone's pretty busy at the moment and Wayne's actually on his way to a, another gig. So surprise, surprise. Another day, another gig. You know how it is. So you're you're quite notorious for going to just about every gig there is in town, Wayne. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess, my main hobby. So, you know, what you got to do. Well, you're lucky enough to live in a city that's got... Uh, an absolute abundance of live music and especially good quality heavy music which is what we're all about here at cave dweller absolutely awesome so we might start with a bit of background on you guys uh you both have radio shows you both love metal and you both live in melbourne so uh do you want to start keen and just give us a bit of a a rundown on um how you got into radio and yeah basically why you devote your time to this scene um basically i was i got into radio because i was at a party with a friend who was already on pbs and um was having a few drinks and i was just talking about music way too much and he said you should come and put in a demo and talk about this on air rather than basically rather than boring him i think at the at the party but um that was the main thing but i've always been a fan of community radio um in melbourne and listen to a lot of different stuff and um yeah i started a show that was in about 2001 it was a bit different in pbs in those days we we're in st kilda and um i recorded the demo in the studio that wouldn't go to air and it, it was like the studio was just like i don't know it was like a dodgy dodgy share house almost and um which is, is a lot different to what pbs is now and um yeah i just started a show and sort of sorted my way out early days in with all the sort of heavy genres but moved into sort of the more extreme metal in the sort of later sort of 2000s and it's been like that ever since and were you playing music at all or you're just a fan no i've always been a i was sort of done the dj thing really like before i got a show i would you know did DJs at parties and had my own sort of business for a while doing that. I've always done that. I've always been a music fan. I've always, I don't know, never got off my ass to put together my own musical stuff, always playing other people's music. That's what I've always done. And uh, over to you, Wayne. How did you manage to get into uh, get into the scene and into radio and into the uh, all the bands that you're in? Yeah, I guess. Uh, so it started back when I was in high school i was actually pretty late compared to most people in terms of when i started getting into music um but met a friend at high school who uh had a cousin that was doing a radio show in the southeastern suburbs and 
So I started listening to that every week and I'm just hearing all this like uh, you know, grindcore and um, black metal, death metal, sludge, doom, all this stuff that I'd never really heard. I guess I was still at the real early stages of heavy music at that point. And at one point I'd listen to that pretty religiously and I started taping it as well because I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll just listen to it again. And, and then, um, yeah, my friends said, oh, uh, you can come in. We can come in as like a guest um and just see it in person i'm like oh that's cool and you know wouldn't have said much on air at that point in time but i was like oh this is really cool and and then started just like gradually going in a bit more and more and uh mike the host of that would always give me recommendations so i'd go and look this band up and right if i could find a cd pretty cheap i'd just buy it and start playing it and eventually i just became a regular guest and then at one point you know, and I'd often bring my a lot of music to play. And then at one point he had to go overseas for a while and he was like, oh, would you be able to fill in for a few weeks? And just from there, just became a co-host. And over time, I've become sort of, I guess, the not necessarily the main host, but just the more frequent because he lived a lot further away, um, a lot of work commitments. So it was often hard for him to get there. But um, the shows, we're, we're in our 31st year now as a show. Um, Oh, I haven't been involved for that long. I've been nearly 20 or something like that. So it's still not a bad innings, I think. But um, yeah, and that just sort of opened me up to a whole lot of things. And then fast forward quite a few more years after that. And um, uh, a, a friend that I'd met at a house party one night, we sort of bonded over just liking a lot of alternative and metal and stuff. And for years, we kept talking like, oh, we should start a band. But none of us were musicians, really. And then eventually we just we just did it and like did a, a noise project um, called Colossomy Baguette, um, and yeah, like we we used to jam. That's now just a a completely improvised thing, really. But um, for a while we were like you know practicing and trying to just make what we thought was cool shit. And uh, what happened next? From there, there was uh, there used to be this sludge band called She Beasts that were playing in Melbourne a bit. Um, spoke to their guitarist and vocalist quite at length um, at a few shows and eventually asked us to play a show with him, with his band, and then um, did a split release. And then eventually he said, oh, just come and jam with us. We'll see what we can do. And that was the birth of Religious Observance. So that worked out pretty good. And then um, uh, a couple of years later, same guy, Ben, he suggested... Uh, let's do another band that's still a bit sludgy, just not as full on. And we started Creep Diets. Um, and yeah, so that was, uh, that's sort of how I got into bands and briefly was in Rawhead for a while as well, which was like a bit shifted gore grind thing. Uh, I kind of had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had fun, but yeah, I guess it just, uh, I think they might've almost completely stopped now as well, but um, yeah. And then most recently, did an improvised jam with uh, Muddy Lawrence, which is Reese from Diploid, doing a noise thing and just one day put the feelers out for people to collaborate live for an improvised set. And, yeah, I was one of them, and uh, it looks like that's happening again soon. So, Awesome. Yeah. So you're not only going to all the gigs, you're involved in a fair percentage of them yourself. Yeah, and I think it's like, again, I don't have that many hobbies, I guess, and like, all I want to do is be at gigs or performing and i think my you know religious observance and creep diets are probably getting sick of me trying to get more shows so 
trying to find another project so I can uh, not not annoy people too much, but uh, still be doing stuff all the time. So. Yeah, and you're um, you're known around town, like I said earlier. For you know, if you go to a show, there's a fair chance that Wayne's going to be there, especially if it's a heavy show. And you know, I've I've found myself recently going to shows, and I'll take a photo of the band, and then oh, Wayne's in the photo. You know, um, is that you know that that's obviously grown from your love of music, but is that something that you also do to just be providing yourself with um, with content for your radio show as well? And I guess is, I guess the same for you as well, Kane. Are you getting out to see heaps of shows just to um, not only because you love it, but just to keep the, keep the show going? Uh, yeah, it's a bit a bit like that, but I just really enjoy seeing bands. Like I think. Um, as a whole, I've always seen a whole lot of bands in in my, you know, what I do. Um, it's made it easier being at PBS because um, if, I, you know, a lot of bands help me out and labels help me out from, to go to see the shows and you get a lot of support from people that you've helped out. Wayne being a good example, he's in two pretty awesome bands that I like to see. Um, I think... It's just part of it. It's just part of the culture. I'm lucky I've got a partner who also likes to go and see see shows as well. So I see a lot of different things outside of the heavy realm as well as shows within the heavy realm. I like to, I'll basically go and see anything that's happening if I'm available, you know, whether it's, you know, not outside of that, you know, the heavy stuff, you know, hip-hop or country or whatever. So it's not just, not just seeing the heavy scene. I think it gives you a better idea of when you do go and see a heavy band how good they are really <laughs> how sport we are yeah i guess it's kind of the same for me as well like uh, i remember years ago there was a one point where i I'd, you know any band i see i'm like i want to buy everything they've got and play it and stuff and like as you know i've gotten older and a bit fussier i guess with what i like to listen to when you know no one's made of money i guess as well but also um you know my show's an hour a week and i've got so much stuff that i've picked up over the years that like it's a little bit hard to like keep purposely just trying to find more for that. But um, it, it definitely helps with finding new stuff to play. But I also still just generally love seeing stuff I haven't seen before. Love going to venues I haven't been before. Um, it's all like Jenny said, like it, it's good to see something outside of a heavy throw as well. Just going to see what the other scenes are like. And it's uh, often it's really rewarding. You know? How, yeah. um, what are the big things that you guys notice then when you're going to those shows that aren't in your your normal sort of wheelhouse? Um, do you feel obviously when you go to like an extreme metal show, there's there's a lot more participation from the crowd and um, but but what are the other sort of main things that you notice between well, the different scenes? The really big thing in the heavy the heavy scene, particularly the metal scene, is it's a lot less. It's, less, it's a lot less aggro in the crowds. The crowds are quite well behaved. A lot of people sort of expect the heavy stuff to be like really rough and like aggressive. And it's apart from the front watching the bands where people are having fun doing that, the crowd's usually pretty polite, pretty well behaved. And you go to a lot of these gigs, like I've been to some, particularly like some of the sort of bigger named acts and people are just, dicks like that really can be yeah. and that that's the big difference i reckon that's the real big difference yeah I'd, I'd agree with that and especially once you get to that bigger sort of as you said the bigger sort of bands 
bigger name for themselves and the bigger following and often it will be at larger venues and I feel like when you get to that stage you get a lot of people that don't go to shows much so I think like it's their excuse for oh this is my time of the year to just go crazy and you know not think about anyone else and just end up being a pain yeah yeah I've always found myself you know I I do like to go and watch heavy bands but the bands that I've played in in the past have kind of been on the edge of the heavy scenes you could occasionally get away with doing a show uh in the heavy scene but I've always found sort of like swinging into I guess the more indie rock and alternative rock scenes people just take themselves way too seriously and it seems to be uh from my experience that in the metal scene in Melbourne it it's almost like everybody's just there to have a good time like the bands are super talented the people take what they're doing on stage seriously but the second they put their guitar down everybody's just friendly and happy and i i guess you guys must notice that as well yeah it's 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 kind of almost like a sort of network most of the time you can go to a show without knowing anyone else going at the time but when you get there you're going to run into a whole lot of people you do know without sort of organizing it without doing it it's like everyone gets on well it's pretty friendly most people will talk to you and say hello and say hi if they know you or even if they don't but not in a you know it's it's like because you're there to see that sort of music everyone's sort of bonded already everyone's yeah. like made a choice they're not there to to say oh i went to this show or i went to this show it's not that it's they're just there to see see the music yeah. I, I guess one of the other things too, um, and you'd know this probably better than anyone, Wayne, is the bands all start to definitely get on with each other, make friendships. You know, the, the circles that you travel in, Wayne, you know, there's there's that many different bands that are always playing together and sharing members. And, you know, is that is that one of the things that you've found is pretty unique to the middle scene? I guess I don't know specifically how unique it is, but because I've only ever been involved in the heavier scene as far as participating in bands, but um, it's definitely a thing where being with a great musician, like having a great musician in your band is is great and it is important, but I think like if the people you're with are good to be around, that'll make the band, even in, you might not succeed around the masses or anything like that, but if you're able to have a good time hang out with that person do what you're doing and enjoy the time with them it's it's it has more clout than musical ability in my opinion anyway um so getting back to the radio side of things obviously a big part of what we do at cave dweller is uh sitting down and interviewing people you guys have probably done a hell of a lot more of that than i have i'm, I'm fairly new to the game so what have you sort of what have been highlights over the years for you, Keen? People that you've interviewed or just things that you've learned over the years from, you know, sitting down and chatting to artists from all over the world? Um, highlights is hard. Um, I've interviewed most most bands in the sort of metal genre that you could think of, um, from Slayer and to, you know, Megadeth in the sort of thrash scene to, like, just so many so many people you know highlights is hard i think more like interesting interviews probably like i think i always remember the worst ones like i interviewed glenn danzig and it was on the phone which was lucky because i think i would have punched him if it was (laughs) 
if it was face to face because he was just a complete dick and it was hard to describe he was like a 14 year old boy he's just kind of really kind of argumentative and like sort of trying to one up during the interview and i'm just trying to talk to him <laughs> uh, yeah you know like that sort of thing is hard um i think of recent years particularly in the last sort of you know because i've been doing my show for about 22 years last sort of five to ten years i've really enjoyed talking to the local bands particularly melbourne bands i think i get a lot more out of that like it's sort of becoming a highlight because i sort of you know where they're coming from and and but also i like to not only talk to them but i like to promote the local scene when i can in combination with the international scene i think it's just to get people to listen to these bands that i think are some of the best in the world so you know over the last couple of years i really really enjoyed especially during lockdown talking to local bands and seeing what that even though they weren't up to much is just seeing what was going to happen into the future and i think that to me has been probably a highlight of the last few years as much as you know i can go through a whole list of hundreds of known bands that i've talked to but you know the highlights are probably talking to people who ended up being someone who like we've said before who i go and see a show and i'm actually like hey how are you going and you know you have something that you can talk about and they're actually good people and meaning how good the people are in the melbourne scene it's it's really that's sort of more important to me than trying to tick boxes off the list I guess one of the nice things that you probably find with interviewing local bands as well, and this is something I've sort of, I'm learning myself, is that, you know, when when people are at that earlier stage of their journey, they're, they're hungry to talk about what they're doing. So it, it usually makes for a much better interview. You know, yeah. you're, you're not, you know, a bigger artist might think that you're there to try and boost your profile and, you know, they've already done everything, whereas a local band, you know, they, they appreciate the coverage, I guess. Yeah, no, like, to be honest, a lot of the internationals that I talk to now, I tend to sort of focus on smaller smaller acts anyway, like probably big enough to tour here, but not like like play more like the Bendigo or something smaller, not, you know, um, stadium acts. I don't really search that out anymore. I've done that. I, I, I'm interested in the kind of the music that I like to talk about is doesn't like being isn't really on the big stage yeah but and also a lot of people like wayne is you know he's been in the scene for a long time you know when i interview people like that they've got a lot to say it's, it's interesting it's not about always new people and everyone's pretty supportive when you say they're going to be on the radio to be honest when you talk <laughs> to them doesn't matter who they are the bigger people actually are more happy that it, especially in metal that you're actually going to talk about them so you know it's it's pretty much even it's just more interesting hearing about people from your own town i think and have you had many opportunities to do interviews and that sort of stuff in the 20 years that you've been doing wayne or is it a bit tight with the hour show yeah no we've definitely done plenty of interviews i've sort of quietened off oh god like since covid really um <clears throat> the way that the studio operated made, uh, made it a little more difficult and i don't even have a computer at home so it, it made it harder for me to get stuff recorded and then able to air um we've got to work around now so like i should probably start doing a bit more but I'm kind of like thinking the same where a lot of the local ones are a bit more rewarding i guess um and you know like i don't think we have, my show has a huge listenership but also like when 
I'll talk to someone occasionally. They'll be like, oh, I heard this band that you interviewed or whatever. And I'm like, oh, they're cool. I love it. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want. I just yeah. want to support that community that we're part of. And yeah, th- so that that's super rewarding. My all-time favorite interview, it was so good. It was, uh, it was Mike Williams from I Hate God. And it was just one of the most enjoyable interviews because I, like I had a list of questions that my co-host and I had come up with. Um, and at that point in time, he knew them a lot more than I did. So he had a lot more in-depth questions. And like, I don't think I even finished it because every answer was just so talkative <laughs> and it was such a pleasing conversation. Like it felt like I was talking to someone I'd known for, for years. So it was just talkative um, and really appreciative as well. And like, the funny thing is at that point in time, I barely knew the band. I, like I've now since, you know, gone and got them, I've followed them around Southeast Asia. I've got them tattooed on me. <laughs> so they're like, you know, they're pretty important to me now. But at that point in time, I hardly knew a thing. And I remember hanging up the phone thinking that was the best interview I've ever done. <laughs> and then I was so gutted to find out that the recording app on my phone didn't work. Oh, shit. So the whole thing was just gone. And I was like, I could have cried. It was, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't fun. <laughs> oh, well, unless you got to have that conversation. And I guess that exactly. sparked something inside you that's, you know, yeah. created a, a lifelong love for the band. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we jumped on and started recording, uh, Ken, you were discussing there's been a bit of a shift recently in the scene in Melbourne. Obviously, um, we had a pretty uh, interesting time here over the last couple of years with the with the lockdowns. I think we spent, you know, one of the longer amounts of time in lockdown of anywhere in the world. And um, the music scene took a massive hit due to that. But Things are starting to definitely uh, get back to a healthy point now, but you were saying that there's a bit of a, a shift in in the focus of the metal scene in Melbourne. Yeah, I think so. Like definitely out of lockdown, and it was happening a little bit before, but um, there's been a lot more support for death metal in the Melbourne scene, in the heavy scene. A lot more death metal shows, but also really solid bands in that genre, which there probably wasn't in Melbourne previous to that for a while. Like there was a few bands happening, but it's like there's so many amazing death metal bands that it sort of come out of a real black metal heavy stage as far as extreme stuff's concerned. We've always had the sort of noise scene and that on the side, which is kind of like always bubbling over. It's sort of very creative kind of art scene, but it's the other genres seem to taking in turns to be what everybody's listening to and it's definitely death metal at the moment which is great because you've got bands like faceless burial and gutless and carcinoid and hormagaunt and um 100 years war and then there's some old bands that are sort of re revising like a bremelin and and stuff like that it's just really exciting there's so lot so many more i just can't give them all right now probably should have written a list but um i think it's it's really exciting to be part of it because you go to these gigs that sell out well before the shows happen and you get there and it's just a crowd of packed and there's a whole lot of people that you haven't seen at metal shows before because it's kind of like it's getting a bit of a name for itself and people are coming to them and it's it's really exciting but i i, I think there's a change probably coming in the next next bit like it always moves around i think there's a bit of a sort of move towards 
I think the sludge thing is due for a revival and I think that's coming. But, you know, um, it's really interesting to go to these shows where probably I've had some conversations with some people in these bands who were saying, you know, the shows that were sort of before lockdown where there'd be 12 people in the room and now they come and they can't get their friends on because the show sold out two, two to three months ago and, you know, there's no tickets left on the night. So it's it's really interesting. And um, if you're a fan of heavy music, it's just like a really good time to get out and see some local stuff because I've seen a lot of these local death metal bands blow internationals off the stage. <laughs> like I won't mention the international bands that I've seen, but it's like you watch the the local bands just be so much tighter, so much um, better crafted songs and just more exciting. And then this in- international will come on and you go, eh. <laughs> uh, you know, that oh, that, that's really great to see. And uh, what about from your perspective, Wayne? I know that you, you're you really deep into the, the sludge and the noise and the doom scene. How are you, how are you seeing that at the moment? Yeah, it's still going pretty good. Like, it, it's always been reasonably solid, I think. And there's, yeah, there's a few bands dropped off throughout COVID, but then a few more started, and some that were just starting you know, before COVID happened. So, I think it's still pretty healthy. But like, Kenny's definitely right. There's so much death metal and like a lot of real high quality stuff happening at the moment as well. Um, I think for me the the biggest thing is I'm feeling a bit of lack at the moment is, is grindcore. Like there is some, definitely some good bands, but it's, I just want to rewind back to like the early 2000s when, you know, we had the likes of the Dave and Became Nothing and Vaginal Carnage and Captain Clean Off and, you know, just all the time. So, um, yeah, I guess that's where I, I want things to go, but I'm sure it'll happen soon. Like, um, but like just heavy in general, I think is really, really healthy. Yeah. So many, so many good bands and just putting on good performances. Um, yeah. I'm loving it. Do you think things will change a bit now? Um, I mean, obviously for the last year, at least with things opening back up, um, you know, the spotlight's really been shone on the local artists because that was, you know, that was what was available. Um, do you think people will sort of keep that up or do you think people will sort of start to gravitate back towards international bands or, um, I mean, like you were saying, Ken, you, you're seeing now that the local bands are starting to sort of wipe the floor with some of the touring bands, but is there a, a bit of a, a bit of an inkling that it might go back to how things were before? Mm. I think, I mean, there's always been a support for the, for the local stuff. I think, um, probably will be as always depends on what's happening but um i think you know melbourne's got the got the size of the population to be able to support a lot of gigs on the night you know there's some nights where there'll be six or seven you know heavy gigs on all at once and the international ones don't aren't completely selling out as quick as they used to like you're sure there's some bands that do but they're usually at quite small venues. I think um, people are sort of acknowledging that we've got some really good local stuff and going to see it over an international band. You know, there's a couple of the bands that I spoke about that if they play, 
and there was an international band of the same genre unless it was a pretty important or classic band i think that they would struggle to win over their audience like and i think that's why a lot of those bands end up on the support bill because i've been to a few international shows where people have just turned up for the support bands and then left which is interesting and that's it reminds me of the sort of sort of the 90s rock scene which was revival sort of the era with sort of the powder monkeys and stuff like that where you'd go to shows with there was a really high quality of heavy rock bands happening in melbourne i hate to sound like an old guy but (laughs) i am so why not um that people would turn up just to see these amazing bands who were supporting international artists or interstate artists because they're like they're not they're not the international artist is nowhere near as good as these local bands and the crowd the room would clear and the international band would be left with you know a third of the audience that was there for the band before them i think it's a bit like that i think it's going to get more like that as these bands get bigger and get better releases and better production on their releases that are already good which is happening already i guess one of the other things too is is the the health of the venues at the moment i mean there was a big there, there was a a time during COVID where it looked like a lot of the venues were going to close um, and some have, you know, some new ones have popped up. But um, what are you guys sort of seeing at the moment in terms of the venues? Are, are things still looking pretty healthy there and are there some good new ones that have sort of opened up and surprised you a bit? Or I think um, we're due for a few more heavy venues because there is crowds going to them. But there's some solid ones like the Gasso is becoming a more solid sort of heavy venue you know and um there's a couple of other gigs elsewhere sort of places like little places open playing the heavy bands as well as not just not just at the heavy venues you know like i noticed gutless did a pizza store opening last week and (laughs) you know there's these things that were always used to be the sort of field for an indie band but places are going, no, no, we'll put on a death metal band because people want to see that. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, what about you, Wayne? What, have, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit hard to know because I'm like, you know, we're obviously not seeing what their books are looking like and, and things like that. But I, like, I feel it is healthy in, in the sense that, you know, I can go to all their regular venues and even if there's no bands playing i know there's still going to be a decent amount of people there you know that i can i can chat to whatever so like it it looks good at the surface but i think until you start going through those uh through the through the books it's really hard to know for sure how they're doing but i'm hopeful and like i just you know i'll support venues where i can as well i saw that recently i saw something online about uh, uh might be like public liability potentially going to be increasing quite a bit in cost which is like it it pretty shit because you know as regulars we know that nothing nothing happens at these heavy yes like that the amount of claims they would have had to make would be absolutely minuscule and probably most of those are all these dude bros that have been kicked out of their clubs so they come somewhere else where they can you know keep partying on and they're they're causing problems and it's uh, we um in one of our recent podcasts, we had Jem from Dead, who uh, I know is a friend of yours, Wayne. Um, he was talking about, you know, bands starting to 
make a bit of a shift back into the DIY spaces, you know, looking for alternative venues rather than playing in pubs. Is that something that you're sort of hearing a bit of or, or noticing at all? Like I know I saw Creep Diets play in a tiny shop space in Putzgray last year. Yeah. I, I, and like, I don't get me wrong. I absolutely love all our venues and they're, you know, the staff are always great people to be with and like, I want to support them, but give me the option for a DIY space and I'm all over it. I think it's just, it's just that bit more organic and, and I, I enjoyed, I went to a backyard or it was like kind of in someone's shed show on the weekend. And like, it's just, I, I guess it's what, what Kenny was saying before about like you compare with some of the bigger rock acts and stuff like that, just the people that attend versus the heavy local heavy shows where you say, you know, it's a lot of people that are there like, oh, look, I'm at insert venue name here. I'm <laughs> I'm wild. And then you come to a heavy show and they're like, I just want to be here. I just want to see the band and have a few drinks with my mates. Like, it's like that, but I guess even more so because no one's going to stumble in there by mistake. They're there because they want to be there. And, you know, I, I, I love all those intimate shows as well. Like, you know, the band's playing and they're bumping into you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all for that. It's just like, it's just fun. Sound quality is obviously not always the best, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm yeah, I love venues, I love DIY, but I think Jem is right, there is a little bit more attention going to that now, and I guess you know, some of that's potentially due to venues having maybe a little bit stricter conditions compared to prior to COVID. So, maybe for example, there's you know, smaller guarantees or higher fees or something like that that's not making it as viable, but the the DIY space has definitely got a lot lot going for it in the, yeah, I guess just the general feel and like, you know, they're generally all ages as well. So you can get younger people to come and see stuff that they might not have been able to see at a, a pub, for example. Awesome. I think that's that's interesting with the Wayne talking about the all ages thing. There is such a, um, a big space in the heavy scene of younger people that can't access all these bands. So, you know, that's that's really really important so definitely um, and i know that some venues are like the bendigo has been like put on a lot of all ages shows over the last couple of years which is amazing and i just like i think it's probably there's probably so much risk especially like financial risk with it as well so i get why it doesn't happen more and that's that's a, at the you know due to whatever government policies and things like that which sucks but I guess going back to what we were talking about before about, you know, pre-COVID versus now, it was one thing that I noticed and like maybe a little bit more in the punk rather than the heavy scene, but both scenes definitely is, you know, I'm coming to a lot of shows after lockdown and there's everyone's just chomping at the bit to go see something. So all of a sudden these people that probably usually only came out for an international, they're just like, yep, let's just go see a heavy show. And there's so many people I'm like, I've never seen them before in my life. This is awesome. You know, they're young. They probably just finished school a few months ago. Like, I love seeing all that, just new people. And I think that's probably spawned more bands as well, which what Kenny was talking about before about, you know, a bigger scene emerging. I think that's like a good fuel for that. Mm. And also, like, it's so weird. Like, some of the shows, some of the death metal shows that have happened sort of last year, there was like influences and stuff at the show, which is very weird for those <laughs> sort of heavy genres. Like, people there walking around done up and taking photos of them at the gigs which is not good but it's also good at the same time because it just means that there's a 
different people getting into the music because they weren't having a bad time. <laughs> you know, they, I have been at sort of really heavy gigs where people have thought the band was cool and then, you know, have left because they've been frightened. But, um, <laughs> you know, that that does happen. And um, But, you know, it's interesting that there is that sort of more accepting of the public as a whole. There's def- definitely a generational shift in what people listen to heavy music. I think sort of more my age bracket or older people think of heavy music, you're either into it or you're not. Yeah. And it's something that's sort of, you know, a bit out of the way. But now it's like, it's just a mood. And I think the new generation, particularly if they feel like going to see a heavy, like a death metal band, they'll go and see that. And if they want to go and go to a, you know, a rave on the weekend, they'll do that as well. Like that's the big change in people's tastes is it doesn't have, you don't just have to be a, a metal head to go and see a, a metal show or a heavy show. And it's funny you say that because like, you know, with having influences there and stuff, like there's a small part of it that's like, hey, this is our scene, you know, but it's also like it should be more people seen. Like there's, there's just this stereotypes that, you know, only heavy, you know, you, you can't listen to heavy and whatever else. Whereas like realistically, there's just so much potential crossover that's just so often just ignored and that will never get approached. But I think having these influencer type people there, like it's going to help get other people involved. And then, you know, eventually some of those people might actually start trying to make music as well. And they'll bring something else to it, the scene that doesn't exist currently. So I think it, it is all a good thing, even if some of the results are, might not appeal to me, but I think it's a good thing to just take, keep it keep it thriving, keep it growing. I guess mm. it's a good thing too if you've got people that are potentially there for different reasons. At least they're still there buying a ticket and putting money in the band's pocket. So, yeah, and buying Absolutely. buying lots of merch too. <laughs> that's, yes, that's yes. Now you've managed over the last couple of years to do a bit of uh, getting around Australia with your bands, Wayne just a, a few weekenders here and there. Is that something that's been a little bit easier for bands to do with internationals not being around? I guess for, for local bands to sort of get to different towns and and have an opportunity where there might not have been one there before? I mean, that's potentially the case. So without the internationals, you know, there's... I, I don't really have a term for it, but there's a lot of people that I think of that only come out for the internationals and... And it, it's stereotyping, I probably shouldn't do it, but I feel like a lot of those are now shifting to like, oh, I guess now if it's an interstate, I'll come. Um, and like, it's, it's a good thing. We've got, there's a lot of amazing bands in the world, but there's a lot of amazing bands right here on our doorstep that, you know, we should be checking out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's potentially made it a little bit easier, but it's also like, I mean, that's something I've wanted to do since forever. Um, and, you know, I want to do international touring as well. So it's sort of like, for me personally, and I think most of my band members probably aren't too far off the mark as well. Even if I knew that was going to cost me, you know, I, I doubt we made made any money on that. But like, even if it was going to co- be, I was going to be completely out of pocket, I, I'd happy to do it because it's just a fun weekend. Mm. Um, seeing new people and like, there's, there's absolutely a, a thrill going to somewhere where you've never played before. And then someone afterwards just like, what the hell was that? I, you know, I had no idea this sort of thing existed. Like that's just, that's super rewarding and what I want. You know? 
Well, I won't keep you guys too much longer because um, I don't want to hold you up from going to see your gig, Wayne. So <laughs> um, I guess if we can just quickly talk about the bands who uh, who are killing it at the moment, I guess, local bands that you think, you know, this this podcast is going to go out to an international audience. Who, who should people in, you know, the States be listening to, you know, a local band from Melbourne who, who might blow their mind? Well, depend. like in the genres, there's lots. Like I, I'm going to say, and I'm not just sucking up because he's on the, this page, but Religious Observance are killing it live at the moment and their shows, it's definitely, if you're in Melbourne, you should go and see them. If you like heavy music, you should go and see this band. They're interesting. And um, Wayne is quite full on on stage. Excellent. Excellent to see live. Really good. Good band, and also all those. But while we're at it, also all the death metal bands that I mentioned, like Hormigon, Gutless, Munt as well. Good, um, you know, Carcinoid, great, Faceless Burial, Hundred Years War. There's a whole lot. They're just there's there's so many that I just keep forgetting. But there's also bands like Killat and stuff like that are playing different different types of music, different different styles that are unusual um you know there's it's just hard to put a you know to put it down to one or two bands there's just so much going on and even in the black metal scene there's there's some bands as well like anazarel and um cold of cold of the night and stuff like that are just doing wonderful things it's cool when there's a lot of old guys still from the old scenes coming out like remains and you know black jesus pulling on their boots every so often and Oh, it's just so much happening in Melbourne. It's just seen as a whole. It's just a really interesting scene. I think if you're really into your heavy music, like a a Melbourne holiday, the sort of right time of year would be the way to go. Just go and see just a whole lot of bands here. It's just the way to go. But get on Bandcamp and just search up Aussie Aussie extreme metal because there's just so much of it. So much just good material. I get sent so much music. I get sent so much. But over the last couple of years. The majority of the best stuff has been the local stuff. It's just been so good. Like Reaper. Reaper, a good example. So good. You know, Melbourne band just killing it. And, um, you know, Iron Hawk from Tassie. And then, you know, if you want a bigger sort of band like Werewolves or... Oh, it's just too many. Let's keep going on and on. Uh, what about you, Wayne? Yeah, it's a bit that way. I could go on for ages, but outside of stuff that... Uh, it's already been suggested. I think like the band I saw most last year was Chuff, and I, I think it, particularly in a live setting, it's just it's pure energy. It's fun, and like I got to play a few shows with them as well, and they're just like they're good people that I just want to be around. They don't take themselves too seriously, um, and I guess musically, there's that like you know, there's a lot of grind in it, but there's also that bit of a sludge element as well, bit of power violence, and it just yeah, like, uh, you know, looking back over it, there's a reason I saw them so many times. It's just, it's just fun. Um, yeah, I mean, there is there, there is a lot of great bands. Uh, Dead, who I'm going to be seeing in like an hour or so, I can never rate them highly enough. They've recently started being a three-piece, not all the time, but sometimes um, quite a, an atypical lineup with drums, uh, bass, and bass. So, you know, you can only imagine how heavy that is. And it's just, uh, yeah, I feel like they're completely underappreciated. It's also very 
like it's very strange music so i totally get why some people don't doesn't quite land but um yeah i can't rate them high enough um there's no one yeah, else I mean, that hits the drums as hard as jam well exactly <laughs> exactly so so yeah hard. yeah they're um they're definitely a favorite at cave dweller that's for sure uh, that, that, yeah. I'd, I'd have to say they're probably at the moment my favorite australian band nice so yeah Do doubled over is another one which i think they're like i mean they played a last show like five years ago they played a last what was going to be a last show on new year's eve and it's just some of the heaviest sludgy grind you'll ever hear in your life um but apparently they're still going to do stuff which i'm all on board with <laughs> um but yeah it's just like and this this bass tone that is absolutely mental like it's it's got to be seen um there's a new band slime city that i'm really keen to see members have doubled over so potentially in that same sort of realm as well um i'm really drawing a blank here and it's really annoying me because there's so many great bands I've, to see i've but... got a couple of to chuck in that i thought of while you were talking so if you don't mind I'll... Go so eternal right like crazy crazy band such a good band uh cunt squad they're coming up they've got some really cool releases coming out now sort of like a metal punk thing happening which is excellent and eschaton if you like things a lot heavier are a kind of blackened death metal band that are just they they sort out the uh hate to use a cliche they sort out the men from the boys when they play they a lot of people were like oh that's a lot heavy for me they're a good band <laughs> so and alters from south australia so good talking yep. about them last night they're so good and um there's just there's there's a lot as wayne was saying i'll, I'll jump in because i've remembered a couple more as well yeah. and at one point in time i lived in frankston so i'm i'll call myself an honorary local but there's <laughs> there's two two heavy bands from frankston that uh just constantly nailing it and like we're talking how good the live scene is in melbourne it is good but i think as far as like it's having its own scene frankston is on top mm. there's there's all these people that they're like i've been to a lot of shows there singing bird studios particularly and there's a lot of regulars and they're all just like good people having a good time they're considerate it's just good to be around but they also make that hour trek into the city to come and see bands to come to collingwood to see bands so nembutolic and uh goat shaman um can't rate them both highly enough awesome yeah they're both very excellent they're great choices that the album from last year along the frankston line wayne actually put me onto that i've been playing that a lot that's yeah. such a good band such a good band yeah. it's awesome now to see international bands now getting down and playing shows at singing bird in frankston which is awesome you know yeah. it's, it's one of those places that um could very very easily get overlooked for for reasonable reasons too, Frankston. But it's um yeah, I know I lived down there a few years ago and you know, absolutely loved what was happening down there. So it's um it's good to see that continuing. Yeah, and like I'll I'll talk anyone's ear off about singing bird. I can't rate the place highly enough. Um the guy that runs it, Stu, is just an all round good bloke. He's been in the scene for years, but it's just it's just so wholesome as well. Like, you know, he runs rehearsal studios out of there as well and he's just constantly supporting the younger local in particular but like it, yeah he, he's just yeah i can't rate the guy enough and his venue like he's just pushing pushing these big things and like getting getting those internationals to come which is which is awesome um but like yeah do yourself a favor go to singing bird at any time 
I, I've been to a lot of shows there, and they're always just uh, amazing. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts or anything you guys would like to add? Feel free to plug your shows, plug your bands. Tell us where we can find your stuff. 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Burning Bitumen on PBS, but also available at any time if you go to Radio On Demand or if you're international, go to the PBS app. It is a um, really good app and you can listen back to all the shows as well as what's happening at the time. So it's a really good way to listen back to the shows. Um, pretty easy. And, um, you know, you can go and listen to the shows that I've done at least for the last six months. So that's kind of cool and um, easy to do it. And also makes it good that international people can listen in and we do get support from all over the world. So it's good because I think what we have in Melbourne is unique and the support of heavy music is unique in the world and we sort of forget that. The uh, the PBS page is really good with its uh, track listings and links and everything like that as well. So it's definitely worth something uh, for people to jump on and check out if they're looking to find some of these bands we've been talking about. And uh, what about you, Wayne? Pluggy bands, go for it. Cool. Uh, so, Religious Observance uh, playing a show on the 16th of Feb at my spiritual home of Last Chance um, <laughs> with uh, a band from New Caledonia called Burst, like a gore grind type thing. Piss Bolt, who Kenny's very familiar with. Um, and then uh, Ratlord, which is a new project, and uh, Festering General Orifice, which is uh, a nice filthy noise project that I had the pleasure of doing a live to air set on my radio show this this very week, in fact. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, get on with that. Um, if that's something that interests you, it's uh, called Casey Radio. So it's out in the southeastern suburbs, um, 9 o'clock on a Monday night, 9 till 10. And yeah, you can listen online live, but also there's uh, the last probably four or six weeks of shows you can listen back on demand as well. And if anyone wants to check out any of Wayne's amazing bands, just look up Creep Diets, uh, Colostomy Baguette, and especially Religious Observance on Bandcamp. Get on there, buy the stuff, you won't be disappointed. All right, well, thank you very much for joining me, guys. Uh, I know you're you're busy and you're off to another gig as usual Wayne well thank you so much for joining us guys I'll let you get back to it and um, yeah catch you soon at a show hopefully <laughs>